Hi everyone, this is Mark Rathbone from Save Our Soil. Today on the audio blog I might talk about how we apply the biodynamic farming method to our farm to grow our seasonal vegetables. So stay tuned if you want to find out about that. Hi, this is Mark Rathbone from Save Our Soil. As I mentioned earlier, today we're going to talk about how we use biodynamics on our farm to grow veggies. Yesterday we went to the Gasworks Farmers Market in Port Melbourne, sold all our vegetables once more. It seems to be easy when the produce tastes so good. And today is a cold, sunny day uh, in the middle of June. So uh, we're sort of taking a bit of time out in the van to bring this audio blog to you. Today I wanted to talk about how we produce our vegetables and the kinds of things that we produce as I mentioned in previous podcasts are seasonal things so it's the middle of winter we put most of our crops in in autumn and summer and now we're harvesting those and selling them off in the winter time. The summer crops that we're selling are pumpkins. We have some butternut pumpkins, Jaredales, and also blues. Uh, we finished with our sweet potatoes, so we sold them last week. And at the moment, we're selling broccoli, collie, cabbage, a few spring onions growing, but they're not ready yet. A few snow peas, um, rocket, mizuna, which are greens. And I think that's about all we're selling currently. So how did we get to grow those? Well, with uh, biodynamics, we use the natural fertilizers that the soil makes. We don't add anything. We create all the fertilization on our property. Most of our property is in pasture, which grows perennially all the time. And grassland is a great uh, thing to develop soil with the use of microbes from our 500 spray. So what happens is the pasture is growing all the time and when it grows to its fullest extent, usually just before seeding, we uh, will slash that and spray it with 500. And what will happen is the microbes will jump out in the soil, break all the old leaf matter on the top and the root systems underneath that are not, no longer being used. The microbes will eat all that up, put it into their biomass. Then the predators will come along, eat the biomass and they don't use much nutrient to stay alive because they're only very small creatures. And most of the nutrient will pass out the back of them, including worms, and become humus, which is the water-soluble form of plant food for all plants. Now that happens in nature anyway, but what we do with our microbes is we add more. So we've got more willing workers out there turning biomass into water-soluble humus. Now we also add cover crops to that. Uh, we grow all sorts of things. I mainly grow a few peas, a bit of vetch and some oats. But you can use all kinds of things. I have seen in Italy they use over 100 species because as you know different plants have different nutrients and they pump a lot of that into the soil for the microbes to eat. Um, up to about 30% I believe. So we will rip our soil deep 
to make sure there's plenty of air gets in there and the fungis can grow and all the microbes like air because we're after aerobic microbes then we will fill that with tines to make sure we're not disrupting the microbes too much and then we'll plant a cover crop into that and the cover crop will grow we can put it in the autumn and it can grow all winter long and then plant it in the spring it's a normal procedure but you can do it at any stage that you wish so once that uh, crop has grown we mulch it into the soil and then disc it in so the microbes have got easy access to it they will break it all down and turn it into humus and then we're ready to put our vegetable crop in there so you can imagine the soil full of humus or natural fertilizer to grow our next lot of plants so then we um, row up our ground and the main reason we do this is so that it's well drained I've had some wet years in the past and if your soil's not well drained the soil fills with moisture the fungus can't grow and some of the uh, microbes may be killed through anaerobic conditions and that's what you don't want so you want to heap your soil up well or have it in a well drained position Some of the initial fertilization I did about six years ago was composting. And that's similar to what we're doing anyway in the soil, where we made heaps of um, dry matter uh, with a little bit of manure added to that, usually hay and things like that, and then a bit of cow manure. And we put that through a compost spreader and uh, into a heap of about four feet high and about two, three meters wide. And that's, when it goes through the compost spread, it's all nice and fluffy. It puts it out very, um, very lightly. Sometimes we'll put a core of hay underneath all that, just so that the air can flow right through that and the microbes can develop. That will heat up for some time and um, all the pathogens will be taken out of there in that heat process. And then we add our... Um, dynamic preparations 502 to 507 which I'll go to in detail at some stage but they're basically probiotics for the compost heap so we get the right microbes in there so once the microbes are in and things things have cooled down we then cover up the patch make sure it's well watered well wet and we'll cover it up and um, leave it be in biodynamics we use a static composting system whereby we don't turn it because turning it is upsetting all your microbes upsetting all your fungi and you just want to leave them providing it's cool and aerobic then the compost will go about digesting itself over about a four to six month period depending on how big the heap is and the ingredients that you use so that's just a little bit of an over generalization of the whole process but that's how we do it so about six years ago, I added a bit of compost to the whole farm, but I haven't done so since because most of our composting happens within the soil anyway with our biodynamic preparations. So once the cover crop is broken down and we've rowed up our rows, we then put um, our irrigation system out. And um, we use um, basically a... Uh, two inch poly pipeline which comes from our pumps whether that be our bore pump or our channel pump and that goes out to the different parts of the farm and then 
In the two inch line, we inject a, uh, it's about a 13 millimeter dripper tube. Because we have very dry conditions here. And the dripper tubes are great because they only water the plant under the canopy. Which means if you don't get any rain, you have very little weeds. And it's very efficient water use. So every foot or so, 30 centimeters, the, um, the water comes out under the plant. So if you can imagine uh, our rows about 75 meters long, about a meter, meter and a half wide, healed up, and then one dripper tube running along the top of that with a little tap on the, um, on the um, 13 millimeter line. So we can turn the water on and either put seeds where the water comes out, uh, melons, pumpkins, the big seeded things. We just drop a seed where the little bit of mud is where the drip comes out every foot or so. We also put our sweet potatoes in the same way. I have a little tube actually that I use. It's about waist height and I drop the seed into the wet area and then cover it up with my foot so I don't have to bend my back too much. For our smaller seed, we have a hand push seeding machine. So it's like a little trolley, if you like. We put seed in it and it distributes the seed down the tripper tube line every few centimeters or millimeters. So for rocket and carrots and things like that, I make a little line with the cultivator where the tripper tube sits, sits in and then we run our seeder along that line and water the whole little divot that I've left with the, the uh, cultivator. So the dripper tube area floods in a specific area and all those seeds will come up. Sometimes we uh, buy seedlings in from organic sources. Um, if not, we are able to get, um, if we have something going on, we are able to get a, what is called a derogation which means you can use conventional seed seedlings, but we ask them not to spray them and things like that. So we talk to our certif certification body saying, look, we can't get organic seedlings. We have to put in conventional seeds. But uh, we keep an eye on those and test them for any toxins and things like that. So then the plants are growing um, and we basically keep them weeded using uh, some blades on the back of the small tractors. So the tractors run up between the rows and the machines run over the top and just gently till the soil at the top in the top inch or so. So the soil runs across the blade, um, digs up the weed and, and shows it to the sun and the sun kills the, the weed in the, in the dry and sunny times. So then it's just a matter of keeping it weeded and watered until the crops come in. And then we do most of our planting and, and, and weeding and things from Monday to Wednesday. And then on Thursday and Friday, we, we pick those products, wash them in, we've got very clean ball water here. We wash them and then we put them in the cool room at the house and then they go off to market. So that's basically how we grow our crops. Um, I hope I've given you a little bit of an indication of what goes on there. 
hopefully I intend to um, have people talking on this and feedback. I'm just working out the mechanics of that. So we will have guests on the show, which will talk about different things. And maybe I'll be able to even take your calls. But in the meantime, uh, if you want to send us an email about questions you have, you're most welcome to do so. And then I'll answer them at this point. When we get everything going, uh, you can look forward to some more interviews and things like that. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, thank you for very much for listening. And I will catch you in another episode. See ya.